Good evening, church. That is slightly dramatic, just slightly. Man, um, honestly, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. Um, I don't know, because three pastors came and prayed for me. I don't know if they're worried that uh, I would say something wrong. <laughs> they're like, let's pray for this guy, because he, he keeps saying the wrong things. But, but I'm truly honored, you know. I grew up in this church. I've been here since uh, 2001, and I was four, and now I'm 26. And, and I, I, I grew up in the... Oh, glory to God. You know, I, 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 I grew up in the church system. And I want to tell you something that, you know, we, 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 we as a church or we as narrative, we have the youth ministry of the church. I know you just saw worship just now and I know some of you guys, um, you were like, oh, my ears, oh my gosh, my ears. I, I totally understand. But I want to encourage you that when we come to narrative, I don't sell loud music. I don't sell Fing Tao lights. No, I don't do that. The one thing, the one thing I want to ingrain in our young people is the never-ending, never-failing Word of God. And now, and you got to understand that. So when a young person comes up to you and, you know, they, they are, I don't know, maybe because the music they listen to, like, they're a little bit deaf, that's why we need to pump up the music, right? And I want to encourage you that I am not a man that chases after numbers or hype or anything that youth ministries are supposed to be. I'm a man here. I grew up in this church system. And all I want to do, and all I know, is the only thing that will bring a kid from his young days, to his teenage days, to his college days, and eventually grow up. The only thing that will sustain them is not a style. It's not a, it's not a personality up here on stage. But it is the... The word of God. And it's okay. It's okay. You, 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 you clap at everything I say. <laughs> because I, I say things, you go, oh, wow, oh, oh, oh. it's okay. It's okay. Just say, mmm, and I'll be, I'll take out like, yeah, okay, you're listening to me, right? But I just want to honor um, um, people that, um, that has, has seen me through this journey. Of course, first of all, uh, we have to, I'm only up here on stage because of one man that is watching right there. Uh, I mean, yes, Jesus, of course. But of course, Pastor Chiu, if y'all can give him, I'm pretty sure he's watching, give him the loudest encouragement you can. Pastor Chiu, Pastor Lee Chiu, they are one million percent watching this. If not live, they will eventually watch this. I want to also honour, uh, we've got um, our next-gen pastors, you know, Pastor Isaac, Pastor Aaron, Pastor Lindy, Pastor Jeremy is not here, uh, Pastor Steph, uh, Pastor Mir, uh, as you can see, uh, my, my, my brain's already going, but I really truly want to honor everyone. And, and, and you know, and that's, that's how I want to start. Because what is a church if we can't honor one another? What is a church? Because Jesus says, if you only love those who love you, what makes you different from someone outside? So, church, today we want to get into the Word of God. And I'm I'm, uh, people ask me, are you ready? I don't know, man. Ah, I just, ah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm prepared, but ready? I don't know. But I want to get into the Word of God. And we're going to turn, if you've got your Bibles, if you don't have your Bibles, don't worry. We're going, we're going to get into um, Luke 13, 22 to 30. It'll be up on screen. Um, whoop, the Bible verse. Whoop, uh -huh, there we go. The Bible says this, right? 
Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, make every effort. Someone say, make every effort. Come on, somebody say, make every effort. To enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes his door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, we ate and drink with you and you thought in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be niching and... Niching. There will be weeping at there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for your word. Father, as I speak today, God, will I only be a speaker? Will I only be a messenger from the message you have for us? So Father, I thank you for your word. I pray for every person over here. God, will you let our hearts be good soil? As the word lands on our hearts, it would grow and it would produce fruit. So Father, as I speak generally to every person here, Holy Spirit, I pray that you pierce our hearts in the specific. In Jesus' name I pray, everyone say, Amen. Thank you, Sean. Thanks so much. Let's give uh, the worship team a hand as well. Man, oh man. Man, oh man. So the title of my sermon today, as you all already know, is Make Every Effort. Someone say, make every effort. Someone say, make every effort. And that's the word of God. You know, the Bible says this, right? I want to go, go into the verse a bit in Luke 13, um, 25. It says this, once the owner of the house, super scary, right? Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. And you answer, I don't know you or where you come from. And, and then in verse 27, it says, you reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evil doers. Now, it's, th- th- this passage is a little bit scary. A little bit, ooh, it, it hits a nerve. You know, uh, it, 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 it makes you feel a little bit, I don't know if it makes you feel uncomfortable, but half the time when I read the Bible, I feel super uncomfortable because I feel everything of these bad things all apply to me. Because I'm only a sinner saved by grace, right? But I want you right now to turn to the person next to you. Not yet, actually. Brain not functioning. I want to talk about my first point first today. Hey, relax, relax, relax. I'm doing okay, I'm doing okay. Actually, no, turn to the person next to you. And, and, ask, and ask them, okay? Or answer this question for them. Who is God saving you from? Try it out. Who is God saving you from? And then answer, answer, answer. Give it a try. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Who is God saving you from? Because Jesus is our Savior. We, we, we sing about it. Hallelujah. Praise the one who sets me free. But let me ask you a question, church. Who is God saving you from? Some of us will say sin. Yes, of course. Some of us, some of us will say the devil. Yeah. Some of us will say, um, um, we're God saving us from ourselves. Yeah. It's all okay answers. But let me suggest to you today, 
that God is ultimately saving you from himself. What? Oh, yeah. Because the Bible says this in Matthew 10. It says, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body, uh, both, both soul and body in hell. Fear him. And my point number one is it's super simple. It's fear and tremble. Someone say fear and tremble. Someone say fear and tremble. Because the mercy of God and the wrath of God is two, two sides of the same coin. That when we, when, when, we, when we sing, God, we thank you for your mercy, he can only be as merciful as, as, as he is a judge. Because what's the point of saying, oh God, I thank you for saving me from the devil. Yeah, he saves you from the devil, but the devil does not send you to hell. God does. Only God has the authority to throw you into hell. Whoa, Sean, a bit hard teaching. Yeah, of course. Because God's mercy and the authority with God's wrath. But the devil wants you down there. The devil's going to tempt you. Your brain's going to tempt you. Sin is going to creep at you. And, and it's going to try and get you down to hell. But see, the Bible says this, uh, uh, Paul says this in Philippians, he says this in, in Philippians 2, he says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Someone say fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Wow. And now you might be wondering, Wow, okay, so let's, let, let's work this out, okay? The Bible says to fear and tremble or, or to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So Sean, are you, what, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to, you know, my first time preaching up here on this stage and people always say, what's, uh, what, what was the first thing you want to do? And of course, the first thing I want to do is preach to you the gospel of Christ. And this is the gospel, right? Because you might be saying, Sean, your sermon title is make every effort. Are we now going to make every effort for our salvation Hold up. That's not what I'm saying. See, the Bible says to work out your salvation, not work up your salvation. And I want to bring to you this, in this, in this um, 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 few stages of salvation. Um, it's going to get, get a little bit um, um, interesting here. But I want to talk to you about salvation and the first point of salvation. How many of you are saved in this place? <laughs> Somebody is. <laughs> if you're not... Don't worry, we'll deal with it um, some other time, right? And salvation, the first point is, I want to talk about justification. Someone say justification. Justification is such a big word. And when we talk about justification, it's this. You can go next slide and see the, 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 this, this big chart thing, okay? Uh, so this is our life, right? Imagine this is our life, and the skull there means... Um, you rot. <laughs> no, you, in, in, our, in our times, of course, in a skull, that means we eventually pass away, right? But I want to talk about justification. Next slide. And you see this thing. Justification means this. It is when you, the Bible says, when you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you are saved. Hallelujah. Woo. So, guys, so you go like, yeah, hallelujah. So if, if, if life is just about getting saved, right, then every Easter, every Christmas, we'll preach a sermon. Who wants to be saved? Me. Then we should just, we should just like put gas and then everyone just dies because, oh, you're saved already. What's the point of living anymore? But the Bible 
says this very clearly. I, I, can't, I can't go too deep into this, right? But about, you see those, those things, those dotted lines over there? When we are justified, it's basically these three things, A, B, C. It is an act of God. It is 100% what God has done over our lives. It is, it is no human effort that we are justified. That when God judges us, He sees not um, your righteousness or my righteousness, but you see that dotted line over there? It, it means He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's what justification is. Because if, if, if our salvation is based um, 99% on what Jesus has done and 1% on what we have done, let me tell you, friends, that's not going to do it. Justification is a 100% based on the work of Christ. And that's, 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 that's the one stage. You know, you yeah. But I want to talk to you. Today, my main crux of the sermon is our sanctification. Someone say sanctification. Now, this is when, this is when after you receive Jesus, and you go, yeah, I love you, Jesus, right? Some of you, they, 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 you know, we, 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 um, you accept Jesus, and then we give you this form, and then you write in a slip, and then, and then suddenly someone call you, someone love you, you know, they call you, hey, I heard you received Jesus, super creepy, a bit creepy one, right? I heard you received Jesus. We have this class, right? You come next week, and the next week, and the next week, and then we got membership. Then you go like, whoa, what did I just sign up for, right? But the thing about sanctification is this. Is that our salvation, this, this is what Paul was trying to say when he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That in our sanctification, it is God that is um, um, shaping us. Because we are not 100% holy, but neither are we still damned to hell. So there is this tension over here that am I now holy? Am I a saint? Or am I a sinner? And in this sanctification, we live in that holy tension in that I am simultaneously justified but I am also a sinner. And this graph is drawn up and down, up and down because I'm righteous, yeah! And then the next day I'm not. But if I were to draw it with my own hands, I would go because that's my life. One day I can come to church and go, yeah, Jesus, I, I, I put this all at the altar. You know, I love you, God. This is all I got. You know, I'm, I'm sold out for you. And then Monday comes. I am sold out. Tuesday, I'm all right for you. And then Wednesday comes. Oh, I forgot what I said on Sunday already. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the reality, right? Some of us, we've been church uh, for, for a long time. But, and this is what sanctification is. Um, uh, Nick Floyd says this, right? Sanctification is closing the gap between your identity and your behavior. When our behavior lines up with our, our identity, we look more and more like Jesus. And that's the song we sing. That now in our, what, the lives we live now, we are trying to get our, our identity now is I am a child of God. But you, we, we don't behave like a child of God. So in our sanctity, what we got? We got to work out. I'm a child of God. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm a child of God. I shouldn't be, 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 be saying these things. I'm a child of God. So our behavior and our identity starts to align on this earth. That is our sanctification. And I'm going to close. And then the last part, of our, uh, not, it's not parts, it's just a, a stage. You know, it's not three separate things that happen, right? But in our glorification, the last one, it is when we finally um, 
go home to our Lord Jesus Christ and then we are 100% righteous because God has washed away all our sins. It's, sanctification is a now and a not yet. And when we are finally with Jesus, we can stand before Him confident because of the work of the cross. Now we're going to go into deep work. Turn to the person next to you and say, let's get real. And now you ask me, so Sean, how do I do all of this? You talk very, you talk very loud, very, okay, very funny, you keep moving left and right. Well, what's, what's the point of all of this? You're laughing because you're thinking it. <laughs> and how, how do I do this? Do I just surrender my life to God as we sing every week? Yes. Do I pray for the anointing of God over my life? Yes. Or Sean, do I, now you say, or do I, or should I work for it? Um, so Sean, should I work? Should I put in my effort? Or should I pray for it? Which one, Sean? My answer to you is, yes. You should do both. And here we're going to come into Luke 13. Next slide. It says this, right? Then Jesus went through the towns and villages teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. And then in verse 24, uh, verse 23, someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, hear this out. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. See, we are not saved by effort, but we shall not believe without effort. Your salvation in this place is, 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 is good, but what's the point of it? And my, my second point is just really simple. It's fight for faith. Someone say, fight for faith. Because when you look into, I'm going to do the pastor thing to make you think that I have done my study. When you look into the Greek, <laughs> so like, oh, yo, this guy no Greek. No lah, we just Google it lah, my friend. <laughs> oh, this guy no Greek. Okay, let's look into the Greek of what this word make every effort really is. Wow, you see, I will I put the Greek there so I, so I can pretend I know how to read Greek. Huh? It says this, agonizomai. See, I'm so clever. Anyway, <laughs> agonizomai. And you, you might feel, hey, this word sounds a little bit familiar. Yeah, because agonizomai is the root word for the English word agonize. Wow. Now, in our sanctification, we need to agonizomai to enter through the narrow door, to fight, to struggle. I like this last part. It's often an athletic contest. Now, I don't know, I don't know um, 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 how many athletes there are in here, but if you're an athlete, you know that if you've got a competition, you don't, you don't just eat whatever you want. You don't sleep whatever time you want. You have got to make sure that you train. You train harder than the rest. You agonize for your competition. But God is trying to say over here that if you want to be faithful Christian, if you want to be a faithful disciple of God, if you want to enter through the narrow door, you have to make every effort. You need to fight, struggle. I want to ask you, um, 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 church, when is the last time you fought for your faith? When is the last time you put into a situation where you struggle? 
Because, let, let me, I, I want to be honest, and I'm sure mo- most of you are, um, um, other than the narrow street people, most of you here are older than me and you might go, young men. But you know, honestly, I don't know. But what I know is, the Bible says very clearly, hey, make every effort. And then it, it also says, because how do I know this? Because Paul also tells Timothy, right? In 1 Timothy 6, he says this, Timothy, fight! Agonizomai! The good fight. Make every effort. The good fight of the faith. Take hold of eternal life to, to which you were called and about, which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And then, you know, we sung the song. Um, Paul also tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 7, he says this, I have fought. Paul has agonizomai! The good fight. He has struggled. He has, he, has, he has been in jail. He has been whipped. And he says, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now we've got elders in this church and if you ask them, they won't say, oh, my faith is, um, because I'm an elder. Faith is okay one. You know, we, when, I walk, when I walk to my garden, I want to pick a fruit, I just speak to the fruit. Even though it's an apple tree, mango grow and it grows. It doesn't happen like that. Even if you're an elder, pastor, senior pastor, you need to fight for the faith. Because what, what, what God says here in, in Matthew 7, you see, he enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide. And, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Jesus says here, right, that the narrow way is hard. The broad way is easy. Do you know what is hard? Do you know what is really, really, really tough? At least in my life, the hardest thing to do is keep my room tidy. <laughs> it's, it's tough. My mom comes in and she goes, Sean, please la. Then I go, what's wrong? And, and then this one day I just decided, you know what? I'll take a picture. And I looked at the picture, I went, okay, God help me. Um, <laughs> this room needs a little bit of cleaning, right? And, and the Bible says this, or Jesus says this, that truly, the narrow way is hard. Nobody, right, nobody drifts into spirituality one. No one drifts into a disciple of God. No one accidentally turns up into a prayer altar. No one accidentally turns up to service. No one accidentally prays for you one. Nobody accidentally um, 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 reads their Bible. No one, ex- no one is going to accidentally finish their Bible reading challenge this year. Nobody. And if you have, please tell me your secret. That's why I call it backsliding, right? They slide backwards. Ma. No one fronts. I never hear anyone, hey, this fellow front slider into church. What? <laughs> I've never heard that before. Because we drift. We, we fall away. We fall away. And, and you know, Pastor, Pastor Isaac prayed this last, last week at baptism. You know, obedience is hard. But disobedience is death. My friends, the narrow way is not going to be easy. Come to prayer, oh, tough. Read your Bible, tough. Forgive someone, even though you were in the right, ah, oh, you go and try. But God knows. He knows what He's putting you up to. He knows that it's not going to be easy. He knows it's not going to be, uh, um, um, he, he literally says it's going to be a narrow road, okay? And the wide road is the 
easy one. And that's the thing. The truth will set you free, right? But first, can I censor it a bit? The truth will set you free, but first, it will make you very, very angry. And someone might come, you know, your leader might come to you, or your wife might come to you and say, hey, you know what? Um, I, 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 I think you should stop hanging out with this group of friends of yours. And then you, you start to rage and go like, no, la. How, how to not hang, hang out with them? Or I think you, I think you, should, you, should, you should, you know, you should reconsider the way um, you speak to the kids. And you go like, ah, no, la. The truth will set you free. But first it will make you so angry. And you've got to surround yourself with the right people in your life. And that's the narrow way. And you know, some of us were baptized last week. How many of you were baptized last week? I only say about like three hands, but... Exactly! See, baptized last week, they say don't come to church. Now tomorrow, tomorrow, they're coming tomorrow. They're coming tomorrow, they're coming tomorrow, they're coming tomorrow. <laughs> See, Jesus says this, right? He says, away from me, evildoers. And then you might go, and, and baptism is a, is a representation or a declaration that my old self is dead, go in water, and my new self is up here. My new self is alive. And, I'll, and, and I want to I wanna tell you something, that your old self will do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to be alive again. The sin you thought you overcame, your old self, the devil is going to try and make sure that you're, you, 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 you fall back into it. You backslide into it. No one, like I said, no one accident, no one wants to make their room dirty one. No one goes home and take the, the wardrobe and throw, brush. Ha ha, what a room. No, no one does that. You leave a, you leave a shirt here. You leave a, 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 a half-eaten pizza there. And then you leave a can of Coke here. And then, and then suddenly a cockroach comes and you go like, how did this get here? It's because of you. And then you... And, it's, and we say all these things, but the Bible says, away from me, evildoers, because the Holy Spirit will reveal sin. And not only will He reveal sin, but He will reveal truth to us. And then eventually reveal glory, that we kill our old selves, and then we agonizomai, we make every effort. Because the Bible says this, right? To, to, uh, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, and we all with unveiled faces Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from God, uh, of God from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. The one word I absolutely dislike in here is this. One degree of glory. God, I pray one time, just give me all degrees of glory, can I not? But no, that's not how it works. That's not how life works. Yes, don't, don't, I'm not discounting those miraculous, aha, illumination moments from the Holy Spirit, right? But I'm talking that more often than not, I see people struggle, myself, I struggle. And the, 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 the sin I was struggling with five years ago, in, four, in, 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 in a few years up to now, I'm only like a four degrees into the glory of God. But that's what God's doing. God, God doesn't want to see um, a people that, that's very clever, no. It's our inner being that's being transformed into the image of God day by day. One degree of glory into our glorification. One day we will reach there. And, but if we are here on earth, 
we need to constantly put to death our old self. Someone say put to death. Someone say put to death. Make every effort. Make every effort. Struggle along with someone. Struggle along. The Holy Spirit is revealing to somebody over here that you got to put that to death. You got to put a certain habit to death. Stop your anger. Stop, your, stop being angry already. Stop, stop, with, stop with the language already. Stop being so impatient already. And you know how I stop being impatient? I drive a bit slower. <laughs> oh, trust me, my friends, it works. Now I, like, my mom is like, speed limit, speed limit. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I never listen to her, but when she's, uh, when she's in the car, I never listen to her. Just because I want to be a, a rebel, right? But when she's out of the car, I'm like, strolling. <laughs> oh, just because just I'm a kid, right? But that's, 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 that's what God is trying to say. To put to death your old, old self. But not just that. We need to also make sure we are working one degree of glory to another to put on our new self. Because the old has gone, the new has come. It doesn't mean that now you kill all your sin, we, we, we just walk in glory. No. But now it's time to put on your new self. And you know, um, um, let, me, let me read this in Luke 8, right? We all know this scripture. It says, those on the rocky ground, this is the, the seed that um, the farmer throws. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. You see, so many of us, how many of you came up here a few weeks ago when Pastor Isaac was praying um, for anointing and you came up here and you were anointed with oil? Okay, some of us, some of us, right? We were anointed with oil. Yeah, God give me the appetence to pray. I'm so hungry for prayer now. Sunday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, he prayed for you. Monday comes. Tuesday night, prayer altar. Mana semua orang? Exactly. It is not just prayer anointing. Those things are good. Don't get me wrong. But how much effort are you putting? Your daily schedule, does, it fit? does God fit in it? Your, your, your finances, does God fit in it? Or you say, oh, 10% is good enough. Uh, the rest of the 90, I, I, I know what to do with it. As Pastor Andy preached, preached a, a few weeks ago, do not covet. You, then, then you, you constantly, then we try and, uh, oh, okay, I, I receive prayer. I'm no longer going to covet. My friends, it's not how discipleship works. Yes, prayer is good. Prayer is important. But are you putting yourself in an environment for you to be able to grow from one degree of glory to another? Or are you now praying, God, I don't want to be, I, I, I've got a smoking issue and I don't want to smoke anymore. And then Sunday comes, Monday comes, and then you hang out with all your smoking friends again. It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And then I go, Sean, you really don't know what you're talking about. Lah. I, you know what? Maybe I don't. But what I do know is the Bible says it is a struggle. It's not going to be easy. If you want to be an athlete for God, you have to eat like an athlete for God. You have to have, a, you have, to have habits of an athlete of God. You have to have a lifestyle of an athlete for God. Because that's what the Bible says, to enter through the narrow door. And we've got to make every effort to put on the fruit of the Spirit of God. Some of us, we, like I said, we want, to be, we want to be kinder 
but we but, but, but we don't put our situation we don't put our we don't pray we don't we don't we don't, we don't make the effort we don't ask our uh, those close around us hey um, can, can can you give me a few tips you know really my friends it's 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 not hard it's not rocket science it's i mean no it's it's a little bit hard it's it's not complicated but it's super hard so what are you doing are you putting in the effort for faith or are you saying that I oh, know what the church will handle it and I'll talk about that a little bit later. And the Bible says here, it's all close. Uh-huh. Short sermon. Luke 13, I mean 22, in verse 22, he says this, right? I mean in verse 25. Jesus continues to say, see, once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, we ate and drink with you. And you thought in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And you will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. Last point. It's going to get uncomfortable. My last point is this. Focus on the price. Focus on the price. What is the price? Let me tell you something. If your focus for Christianity is to eventually get to heaven, I will dare say you have it a little bit wrong. Because heaven is only heaven because Jesus is there. And if you're not going to get used to Jesus here on earth in your sanctification, what makes you think that you will enjoy him in heaven? What makes you think that when we, that when on, on earth we find everything so hard? Oh, Jesus, so hard, so hard, so hard. What make, what, what, we, 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 need a trans, we need to allow God to transform us from one degree of glory. What's the price? The price is simple. What did, what did, what did Jesus say to the man that came to him? Away from me. I don't know you. I don't know you. And the price is simple, my friends. The price is an intimate, close relationship with God. Huh? Like that only? Yes. Nothing profound. Nothing, nothing to wow you. But your prize is an intimate relationship with God. And we might have heard this, you know, relationships. This, and you might say, I thought, I, thought, I thought Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. I thought we don't even follow rules. I thought it's by the grace of God, we are free. You know, we can do whatever we want. If anyone preaches that gospel to you, run. Because that's not the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is this. That God has saved us in our justification. Now on earth, we make every effort to draw closer to Him. We make every effort to put on Christ. And when we love Him here, then we will love Him in heaven. In our glorification. Because Jesus, I, I, I don't want any one of us over here to go, to, when we reach heaven, and then you knock on the door, you go, hey Jesus, it, it, it's me. 
you, you remember me? You, you ate, you, you mean you, you, you ate with us, you spoke in our, uh, our streets. You know, hey, Jesus, you remember me? I, 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 was, I was installed as an SIBKL member. Hey, Jesus, you remember me? I joined the Ivy class, um, I joined the Igro class. Pastor Isaac, you're so good, you know. You remember me? It's not about how many classes you go. It's not about church membership. Because the Bible says here, right, that you will see Abraham, you will see Isaac, and you will see Jacob. See, this man was a Jewish man. When he asked Jesus, will only a few be saved? And he thought in his mind that, you know what, I've got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob already saved. I'll be okay. My friends, you cannot, and absolutely I'll say this here, when you go up to heaven or when you go into, when you get into judgment with God, you cannot blame anybody for your faith. You cannot go, they preach like that. Lah. They go and appoint this young chap who thinks he's like, he just talks so loud, so long, run around the stage. It's, it's, it's the church. The church don't know how to teach me. You can't, you can't, you can't blame anyone for your faith. You can't go, they didn't have enough, enough classes for me. You can't go, um, uh, but, but it's because of that person that hurt me in church. It's God, how can you call that person a man of God if you can say these kind of things to me? Nah, the price is this. It's not about, it's not about just getting to heaven, friends. It's about getting close to God. Make every effort. And some of us, we are making every effort for something else in our lives. We make every effort to make a little bit more money. We make every effort um, 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 for a little bit more fame. We make every effort to be, the, to be the biggest, baddest businessman out there. We make every effort so that, you know what, I want to provide for my kids and all of these things are not bad per se, right? But at the end of the day, you will be knocking. Let me in. Now, I'm not preaching a gospel of works. Don't get me wrong here. But your sanctification is a proof of your justification. In James, it says this, um, faith without works is dead. Now, make every effort in getting close to God. Turn up for a prayer altar. Let go of that grudge you have against somebody. Read your Bibles. Come to church. Don't come up with excuses. When your cell is happening, go for cell. Stop coming up with excuses. Stop coming up with excuses for God because because I don't know if, 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 if you like someone to come up with an excuse because they don't want to see you. Oh my goodness, that hurts. Make every effort. I'm going to quote the great theologian, Jim Carrey. <laughs> I think everyone should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so can, they can see that it's not the answer. My friends, what are you putting your effort in? You can't blame nobody. Neither can you Take credit for somebody. You can't go, hey, but Pastor Chu is in heaven. Jesus, I know Pastor Chu. You go and ask him and see, I went to his church one. 25 years I was there. No, no, no. 
Faith is not a subscription plan you can leech off your friends. Nah, that's not like that one. Faith is something God's going to ask you about. And it's not what you do. It's not the classes you come to. But the transformation in your heart. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be renewed by the but be, be renewed by the transformation of your mind. So the last thing I'll ask you is this. Where, you are, where are you with Jesus? Where are you with God? If you've got a sin in your life that you say, oh, I mean, I, I, mean I, I tried, Sean, I tried. But it's... it's it's not working out, okay? You gotta be in my situation to understand. Yeah. But like I said, you can't blame nobody. So we're gonna get a little bit real here today. We're gonna get a little bit uncomfortable here today. And we're gonna come to God and bring out everything we feel. Like God, I, I, there's this is one thing. We've we got to submit to God in prayer. And after we pray, we've got to make that effort. You say, Sean, I want to I start praying a little bit more. You, you submit to God in prayer and then you go out and you make every effort to do it. Stop falling asleep when you read Leviticus already. But the final thing I will say is this. 1 Corinthians 15. And I say this, I mean, Paul says this, but I'll say this as Sean Quay. For I am the least of the apostles. I am the least of the pastors over here, okay? The youngest one, but I'm not very clever with my, my speech. Unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Okay, this one I didn't do lah. Huh? But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me has not been in vain. In fact, I work harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God with me. You see what he says here? He doesn't say, but the grace of God that is in me. I, 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 I give it to God and I trust God. No. He says, I worked harder than all of them. But even in my works, it's not what I have done, but it's the grace of God that is in me. And my friends, we need the grace of God. Because anything that is good, that is coming out of me, it is from the grace of God. I take credit for nothing but I will take the blame for everything. Make every effort through the grace of God. Don't hide behind excuses. Don't hide behind your blame. Make every Let's all close our eyes in this place. Now I've said a bit. Well, let's allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us in our hearts. Holy Spirit, we come before you, Lord. with our worries, with our anxieties, with our, 
with all our flaws. But God, you ultimately know every hidden sin, every hidden thought we have. God, you, you know every want we want. But Jesus, I pray right now that you convict our hearts. Give us the grace. Give us the grace, God, to make every effort to walk in your will. And if that's you today, if you've got something in your mind, specific in your mind, and you have that and you, and you say, you know what, God, I want to I commit this to you. God, I've got this sin in my life. It can be, it can be whatever. It can be an addiction. You could, you could be, you could be um, um, I'm struggling with lust. You could be struggling with, um, with, with, with your language. You could be struggling with um, your relationship with your family. You could be struggling with whatever that's, that's, that's drawing you further away from God. Or you could be on the other side and you say, Sean, I want to make every effort. I want to pray a little bit more. I want to read my word a little bit more. I want to be a little bit more loving. I want to be a little bit more patient with the people around me. I want to be a little bit more kind. I want to be a little bit more like Jesus in this specific area of my life. If that's you, I'm going to count to three and you stand. One. Remember, not by our power, not by might, but by the Spirit of God. Two, God loves you so much. Don't be ashamed in this place. If that's you, you say, God, I want to make every effort. Three, you stand in this place right now. time um, the word of God was said was preached I'm thinking in my heart of a story that I, I know quite some time back and this person young about 50 years old ish was coming to the end of his life um, and he was struck by some sickness and he was coming to the end of his life and he was saying, am I going to see Jesus or am I not going to see Jesus? And I don't know how to answer that question at that time. But I, but I know what I want to say to all of you today. I want to say that don't wait to the last breath that you have, that you know that the doctors is only going to give you one month left or six months left or one year left to live and you're going to ask yourself, do, do I know where I'm going? Don't wait to that point. But now where you're strong, you're healthy, you're in this life, make sure you know to whom calls you out of darkness into His glorious light. And I want to reiterate and say, when God asks us to make every effort, He's saying, make every effort to know me. Make every effort to draw near to me. Make every effort to abide in me. Make every effort 
to pray with me. Make every effort to when I journey with you, you are there instead of being nowhere to be found. Make every effort to come into the presence of God so that you know and you know and to know to whom you belong. So I want to I wanna just make one last call to say that if you are in a little struggle, if you're in a fight for your faith, if you're in a little struggle for your faith, if you are in a, a position where you're not sure of where to whom you belong, if you're in a position where you're tired of your faith, if you're in a position where you're no longer excited about the things of God, you no longer have the joy of your salvation, today I just want to ask that you lift your hands and I want to pray for you. All I want to ask is for you to lift your hands and I want to pray that God will give you that grace, that God will give you that mercy, that God will give you an impartation of love so that as you make every effort, you are no longer striving in your flesh, but you are being carried on the wings of the grace of Jesus Christ, that He carries you forward to say, my son, you can do this because I'm cheering you on. So if that is you, I want to pray for you. But now I want to invite you to raise your hand. If you're in that struggle, you're in that fight, if you want to make every effort, raise your hands and I want to impart to you. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, you see every hand's raised. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Father God, that the grace of our Father in heaven, the grace and the fellowship of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh, and the companion of the Holy Spirit will be imparted to you this, this day so that as you move on this journey, as you walk on this journey, as you fight the good fight, and as you run this race, in the name of Jesus Christ, may the favor, the love of God carry you forward on the wings of grace, so that you will run and not grow weary, so that you will walk and not grow tired, and you will be carried on wings of eagles, so that it is not going to be a chore for you. It is not going to be a striving for you, but it's going to be a joy to know Him a joy to be in His presence. So I thank You, Lord Jesus Christ, that the grace of God, Lord Jesus, will go with them. The grace of God and the, and the effort that we have to put in will seem so effortless in the presence of God. The effort that You've called us to be and to call us to have will be so effortless because of You. So we thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Father God, I just want to thank You, Lord God, that You separate us now with the grace you separate us now, Lord Jesus Christ, with your favor. Father God, I just want to thank you, Lord God, that your face will always keep shining upon us, that you will watch our going in and you watch our going out, and your righteous right hand will uphold us in our life now and forevermore. So we thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God is a good God. God's a great God. God bless you, church. Thank you so much for being here in Service One. If you're new and a visitor to us, come and say hello to us at the Connect Counter and the Hospitality. We love you. God loves you. Have a great week ahead.